I'm Josh Swartz. And I'm William Millingworth. Hosts of the High Tech Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Ninth Grade Experience Podcast. I'm here with our brand new principal here at Emmaus High School, Mrs. Gariello. She just met with some teachers this morning, and she's taking some time out this afternoon here to introduce herself, talk about her experience as a freshman and some other stuff related to the start of the school year. So thanks a lot for joining us. Hey, it's my pleasure. Nice to be here. All right. So uh, every first time guest on the show has to talk about their own ninth grade experience first. So we always tell the adult guests they never have to mention their year or where they went to high school <laughs> if they don't want to. But um, if you could just talk about your own ninth grade experience and you know, maybe we'll see if that's kind of shaped or led you in any sort of direction from that ninth grade year. It actually has. I went to Freedom High School. I graduated in 1985. I'm pretty old. Um, and my ninth grade experience was kind of unique because um, at Freedom, right next door is East Hills, which is the middle school. And so I was lucky enough to have had some um, classes at the high school while I was in middle school. So all I had to do was walk through the parking lot and get to the high school. So I actually knew the high school ahead of time. I knew some of the teachers ahead of time before I even started ninth grade. And there was a group of us that traveled together. So I actually had an advantage. And that advantage um really helped frame some of my beliefs on how we can better serve our ninth graders now with me being an educator and, and you know, working in schools. Um, anytime we can get kids in the building, anytime we can get kids mentors, anytime we can get kids to build some relationships in advance um, of starting high school, the better. And I think my experience having that very seamless transition for at least a year um, really helped kind of frame out some of those beliefs um, for what we should be doing with kids and things that I hope to do here at Emmaus High School. Do you remember, because a lot of times people will come on and they'll remember one specific event from your ninth grade year that either led you in the direction of wanting to be in education or led you in whatever career path you wanted to choose. But do you remember anything specifically from that year that might have led you yes. in a career towards education? Yes. From that year, no toward education. I'll tell you the story, but then it ended up being yes. So I had a phenomenal, phenomenal biology teacher. Uh, his name is Danny Conkle. <laughs> excuse me, and um, loved science. Now, I will also say both of my both of my parents are biology teachers. So I had a predisposition to teaching. My grandparents were, my one set of grandparents uh, were teachers. Um, both my parents were teachers. And, um, and so I had a deep respect for teachers and educators to begin with. Um, I loved science, always did. My parents kind of instilled that in us. Um, but a pivotal teacher at Freedom High School was Danny Kunkel. And I loved his biology class, took his anatomy and physiology class, um, kind of took any class that I could take with this man. Um, and he was just such a great human and such a great person um, that he actually inspired me to go. I, my original plan was to go into medicine. And I was accepted into the six-year medical program through Penn State and Hershey Medical School. I don't even know if it exists at this time anymore. Um, and then, so I started out in that program. I was doing okay. I'm a good student. I'm not a great student. Um, but all I was doing was working, working, working at Penn State, not really having a whole lot of fun. 
And, um, and you had to go all summer long. You never had breaks in this accelerated pre-med program. In order to, to make some additional money, I was also tutoring up at Penn State. So I would tutor chemistry and I would tutor biology and calculus. And um, I really enjoyed the tutoring and I was really fighting the urge. I had it in my head. I wanted to be a, a physician, um, but I wasn't happy. Like you got to really, really love all the schooling that goes along with that. And, um, but I was really enjoying tutoring, but I was fighting the urge because both my parents were teachers and I'm like, oh, I want to do something different. I'm not going to be a teacher. I also said I would never come back to the Lehigh Valley. And here I am living in the Lehigh Valley. <laughs> so, um, so up at Penn state, I can't, I actually met my husband at the time and I decided, you know what? I don't want to go to school forever and ever. Although ironically here I am now you are, yeah, forever, 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 forever. Um, but I changed careers. I switched into education. I taught biology and chemistry for 20 some years um, and absolutely loved every minute of it. I really, I think teaching next to being an, out, a, an outstanding parent an outstanding teacher is probably the most important career out there. So, and I really do believe that, you know, parenting first and educators next. And when I say teachers, I mean, educators, you know, counselors and administrators and things. So my parents were both teachers, science. That's what I went into after a little bit of fighting, fighting the genetics behind it. So so you talk, and it, it's always funny because a lot of times the adults will always remember that one teacher that kind of made a connection with them and kind of helped them along in that path. Mm -hmm. So here you are, you're, you know, beginning your first year here at Emmaus High School. So what do you hope a student's ninth grade experience will look like here at Emmaus? And there are some definitely some changes we're going to talk about from previous years, but as you're coming in fresh, this will be the first group of like, you know, haven't been to Emmaus High School, so they don't know what it was like previously, and you're coming in fresh this year. So what do you hope their ninth grade experience is like? I'm hoping their ninth, ninth grade experience is uh, they feel safe in the building. They feel welcomed and known in the building. I want them to feel challenged academically, maturity-wise, behavior-wise, um, but I want them to feel welcome and known and challenged. Um, I want them to find their niche. I want them to, I want each student um, to have at least one person in the building where they feel comfortable going to, that they have a person, that they have their, somebody has their back. And so for a ninth grader and for any student, I want, I want the expectations to be high. I want the supports to be provided to achieve those expectations. So I want high expectations, high support, and I want kids to feel welcome, safe, known, valued, respected, and challenged. So looking through, like you've been in, in, in administration for a, a, quite a while and in your past, you kind of dealt with ninth grade. Um, you won an award in the mid, mid 2010s for a program at at Liberty High School and then oversaw some at, at your previous stops too. So what is it about like developing or working with freshmen or kind of the programs that maybe we might put into place or maybe are currently in place here? Like what are some specific things that you think will kind of help to, you know, make those connections or build those bridges or make the transitions? Mm -hmm. So ninth, ninth grade year is so pivotal. It sets the tone for the rest of their high school career. Um, I think it's critical that the orientation program 
Um, and it's hard because I've never been here to see what has happened in the past, but I want the orientation program to be fun and engaging and interactive. And I want kids from IR and from LMS to kind of mix and get to know each other and make new friends. I want um, I want kids to look forward to coming to school, even though it's work. It's going to be work. <laughs> yep. It's still work. Um, but I want kids to have memories from high school. Um you know, they may remember stuff they learned. They may remember a lesson or an activity or something. They'll definitely remember the friendships, the relationships, the extracurricular activities. Um, you know, so I want ninth graders to feel welcome. I want the orientation process to be, you know, a positive one, not boring. Um, I want them to make new friends. I want them to get involved in activities. Um, so much research has has been done that if students are involved in activities, they have a higher chance of success academically. Um, and that's something we see on the show all the time yeah. when we talk to the students and they are successful right out of the gate. It's like they're involved in football. They're involved in, you know, in, Theater. In, even yeah. in the fall, they're involved in a sport. They're involved in a yeah. club. They're involved in an activity. So, you know, we've seen it so many times on this show that the kids that kind of seem to be overly busy, but also are involved kind of have that advantage of like getting to know people or getting to make the big school smaller and like kind of exactly. really finding those small pockets of people, you know, you might not be friends with all, what do we even know how many incoming freshmen we have? I don't know the final number, but I know we're almost at 3000 total students. So that's pretty big. So we're probably looking at about 700 or so. So you're not going to be yeah. best friends with all 750 kids, but you know, as we see in a lot of our clubs and organizations, like, you know, we find those kids that kind of identify with the different groups of people and kind of have those clubs. In it. And that's Thanks. one of the great, and the club fair, we're getting about 30 or so clubs to come out for the club fair. So that's really good. But that's one nice thing about a big school that there's something for everybody and it, it, there's someone for everybody. So you, you were talking about the orientation. So let's kind of mm -hmm. talk about that. That's okay. currently scheduled for Wednesday, August 17th. Yeah. So what is that going to look like? I know if you kind of have followed, I think it's a, the, the high school on the, on Twitter or Facebook, there's been some hints about a scavenger hunt maybe happening yeah. or like other things, or are there any other details you can kind of tell us about the orientation day? So, yeah, absolutely. So we're going to start everybody together. Parents I know are invited, um, although they don't have to come, but we hope all the kids certainly come. Um, the parents are going to have one set of, it, presentations and um, and the kids are going to be there for a little bit, but then we're going to take the kids out, give them a tour of the building, give them their schedules, find their classrooms, do a, a digital scavenger hunt. So we're still going through the building and finding different locations, but at those locations, they have to, they're going to be in groups based on their homerooms. And so hopefully they'll meet some new people in these groups and the ambassadors are going to, the Hornet ambassadors are going to take the kids around and um, at each of the different locations, when they find the aquarium or when they find this quote on the wall or when they, you know, go to the black box, they're to take a selfie and upload it into a folder. And we have prizes for the first group that gets all the pictures correct and uploaded um, in fastest amount of time. Um, so we're going to share those photos out on social media. We're also going to do the club fair or club rush um, where kids can sign up. Students can sign up for new clubs. And we, I want to have between 30 and 40 clubs represented. Hopefully we can get that many. Um, we're going to have an ice cream social for the students as well. We are going to break the class into the, the first half of the alphabet and second half of the alphabet, just because there's so many kids um, and the size limitations of our auditorium. If all the kids show up with all their parents, 
we no, there, there, it won't there's fit. No space, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna do the first half of the alphabet and then second half of the alphabet. So everyone won't meet everyone else, but we're gonna break everybody up by homeroom, which is alphabetical, and um and hopefully they'll meet some new friends and join some new clubs and find some cool places around the building. And where would people find more information about the orientation? So I've sent two like community update newsletters home, one in June, one in July, but the freshmen will be receiving next week specific details, when to show up, you know, for your alphabet, where to go. Um, and then the parents are also going to have their own presentation with all kinds of parent adult kind of procedure stuff and information, yep. but then we're also going to collect some information from the parents about, um, what do you want us to know about your child? So there's some questions that we're going to ask the parents to complete either electronically on a form, like with a QR code or on a piece of paper. And we're going to share that with the homeroom teachers. So the homeroom teachers and the counselors have a little bit extra insight on these new kids coming into the building. Cool. So it sounds definitely sounds like a change from previous years, just trying to reach out and, you know, make them feel more welcome, not that they weren't before, but like, you know, trying to increase the different ways of trying to make them feel more comfortable, especially with the last couple of years, there was not really like a formal orientation. And it was kind of, uh, you know, we were wondering if we were even going to be back in the building some of the years right. of when we were doing it. So it's been a tough so, couple of years. Yeah. sounds pretty neat. I know my son who was on the previous episode was talking about like, you know, the apprehension about from last year, kids just coming back into the building for the first time last year. And then like, you know, now they're just basically coming to high school. So some kids have been like kind of in this weird, like haven't really had a normal school year for like three years. And now here we are, hopefully fingers crossed back to whatever normal is going to look like. Which is such a shame because the, like the memories and the experiences of high school, I feel bad for those kids. I really do. They really have missed. So we're going to try to make it up to them. We're going to try to do some fun things. I've met with multiple groups of students um, and gathered some suggestions on some fun activities. I had a group of kids here on Monday, I guess. Um, and they were like, can we do a field day? I'm like 3000 kids at a field day. That's a, that's <laughs> a lot. I'll think about it, but like just, you know, wholesome, simple, fun activities where kids can be kids. And I think that's one of the things like I've talked about with like some of the people that we work with here at the high school is like, so it feels like the last couple of years, like one of the things missing was just fun, fun yes. like being, being back in a building and like the things that were fun and you know, 2018, 2019, mm -hmm. before everything happened, it just kind of seemed like through no fault of anybody, it just kind of seemed like the air of fun was kind of sucked out. So yeah, it's nice to hear that that could be back on the upswing a little bit here. Um, you did mention um, about like being grouped by homeroom. Yes. Now if they have brothers or sisters that are here at the high school. They, we didn't have like technically have a homeroom <laughs> right. for a while, but if they have really older brothers or sisters, we did. So can you clarify what homeroom is? And I know there's also something that I think is still said in your newsletter, something called Horned Huddle. Yes. So what is a, what is Horned Homeroom and what is Horned Huddle? Sure. So we're trying to simplify and streamline the schedule. I know you guys have had lots of different schedule changes in a, you know, in a relatively short amount of time and a global pandemic thrown on top of things. So we're trying to create a consistent schedule that is good for kids first and foremost. Um, and so we're keeping with the AB block schedule. There's a lot of really good things about the AB block schedule, but I know starting it in the middle of the pandemic was tough. And so we want to give it a fresh start, clean slate, 
um, and provide some some help to teachers for teaching on the block because it's very different than teaching on a traditional schedule. But so we're going to have four periods a day and then at around 10, so first block, second block, and then at 1030, everybody goes to their Hornet homeroom every day. So Monday through Friday, every single day. Um, and it's going to be a combination of ninth through 12th graders divided up by alphabet. Um, so maybe there'll be four or five ninth graders, four or five 10th graders, four or five 11th graders, depending on how the, the names break out. Um, and then that group of kids will actually stay together their entire time in high school. Seniors will graduate, new ninth graders will come in, but they'll still be that group yep. of three years together. Ultimately, the goal of Hornet Homeroom is to create a home base, a group of people who you get to know well, the teacher who gets to know those kids well, and it's a, it's a home base, it's a check-in, it's a safe spot. So everybody in that room should really build some relationships, get to know each other, and take care of each other. My mantra, and I said this in the Stinger article, is do the right thing take care of each other and have each other's backs. And this homeroom is the first place to have each other's backs um, and take care of each other. Hopefully the 12th graders will take the ninth graders under their wing. Hopefully, you know, some relationships will be built and, and the older kids can help the younger kids with homework or picking classes or whatever. Um, so four out of, for just to start this year, we're keeping it really simple. Four out of the five days of the week, Everybody goes to their homeroom, attendance is taken, um, teachers just going to check in, there's no work assigned, there's no homework, lesson plans, or, you know, whatever. Yep. It's just check, the teachers check in with the kids, the kids get to talk with each other, they maybe use it as a study hall built into their schedule, everybody. They can go get help. So they, if they missed a test, they were absent. They want to go um, make up a test or a lab or go get help in a class, they can get a, a pass from that receiving teacher. And if they need to go make up algebra work, they can go and get help from the algebra teacher. Um, so four out of five days a week, it's their time to get to know each other, get some work done and get some extra help. And it's built into the schedule. So the kids don't have to stay after school um, or come in early to get extra help or, um, or make up work. One day a week on Thursdays, Thursdays is Hornet Huddle. And Hornet Huddle is going to be a sacred time. Nobody's moving anywhere. Nobody's going to get help or make up work on Thursdays. Hornet Huddle is the time where we're going to concentrate on community building, icebreaker activities, fun things, um, door decorating contests for homeroom or for homecoming, um, you know, trying to build some school spirit, trying to build a community. And everybody in the whole school is going to have a common experience. Everybody's going to do the same thing on Thursdays. Um, you know, maybe it's pulling your cell phone out and sharing a picture about what you did this summer or something cool in your life and just going around the room and everybody sharing out. And it's just for everybody to get to know each other, build those relationships for the teacher to get to know those kids and for the kids to get to know each other um, better. And again, build that really safe environment. Um, we, at my last school, we started this right before the pandemic, like the year before the pandemic hit. And it was a lifesaver, I think, to the kids and the teachers when we were purely um, remote 
and even when we were hybrid, because that was the one consistent thing in this world of inconsistencies and in the crazy things that were changing, seemed like every minute things were changing. The one thing that remained constant is that this homeroom, this check-in thing happened every day at the same time with the same people. And they shared the crazy things that were going on in their lives. And it was really just to be together and to build a a community, shrink that big school down into smaller schools. And if someone had told me as a teacher that I could spend a half an hour a day talking to kids, I didn't have to plan a lesson, create grade work, um, you know, do any, just sit and talk and get to know my students. To me, that would have been like winning the lottery. So hopefully everybody takes advantage of this time and builds that small little group. Yep. Um, and then, you know, we can leverage it in lots of different ways. And I'm going to have the staff come together and, uh, provide ideas and how we can evolve and build on this structure, this Hornet homeroom, Hornet huddle time frame, and how we can build in even more support remediation, um, academic supports, or even enrichment activities, fun activities, um, for our students. Yeah, the, it's interesting. The, the huddle idea is interesting because it's mixed. I know in the mm-hmm. past when we've done homeroom, it's been, you know, ninth graders together, 10th graders together. So it's an interesting like kind of dynamic for freshmen. They're going to get to meet upperclassmen, you know, basically they're going to be placed with upperclassmen. So they will get to experience like and get to know some people outside of their grade level as well, too. So that's another good thing for freshmen is that they're not only going to get to know freshmen, they might get that random 12th yeah. grade buddy that's going to be like, Hey, don't not that the people pick on people much here, but Hey, looking out for maybe a kid in their homeroom or like those kinds of things too. So that kind of builds in those kind of relationships as well, too. That's the goal. And I know at first it's going to be a little uncomfortable. The seniors may not want to bother with a freshman, but hopefully eventually, um, they start taking care of each other and having each other's backs. So that's one big change, like with the the homeroom and the huddle. Um, the other big change that we wanted to kind of talk about here as we kind of begin the school year is how ninth graders are now broken up amongst all the assistant principals and all the school counselors. Um, for the last uh, like five or six years, we've had a dedicated ninth grade principal and two dedicated ninth grade counselors. And that those people kind of met those students last year when they kind of went to the schools. Um, But that has changed um, for this year. So can you just talk to students, parents, or whoever's watching still, hopefully everyone, but (laughs) if you're still watching, like, what does that now look like? And how, like, I know you said that, I think it was in one of the emails about the new breakdowns, but what does that now look like for, for when I walk in as a ninth grade student? Sure. Well, it's going to be the same experience for everybody because it's going to be a little different for everybody. Um, so I, I I like the idea of Freshman Academy when it's done really well. I know you guys had one, but I also know that through the pandemic and changing schedules and things that kind of wasn't as it has was initially set up. And so I wanted to I, w- I wanted to try to provide um, a team, a consistent team of people for the four years for every student in this building. So we have now the homeroom teacher that's by alphabet. The counselor has always also been, except for ninth grade, by alphabet. So I don't like the idea of passing kids off. So the ninth graders come in, they had one group of people, and then they got it got changed for their 10th grade year. I'm trying to create some consistency for the whole four years and a consistent point person for a family. So assuming that a family has the the same surname, 
So for instance, I had three kids. They went to Liberty High School. They all have the same last name, but I had to call three different counselors and three different assistant principals to talk about things with my kids because they each worked out out of a different office with a different team. Here, a family, not just the child stays with the same people, but a whole family, regardless of the grade of the kids, has a team. They have their homeroom teacher, they have their counselor, and they have their assistant principal. So the assistant principals will have ninth through 12th grade. Counselors will have ninth through 12th grade. Um, and so will the homeroom teacher have ninth through 12th grade, all based on alphabet. So every student in this building should have their, their people. Every student in this building should have a team of people that knows them really well, in addition to their academic teachers. So every student will come in here and they'll have one school counselor, one assistant principal, and one homeroom teacher, hopefully for all four years. And, and the family does too. So if, uh, if you know, parents or guardians have, a, a, you know, kids in the building, multiple kids in the building, they have one point person to go to, not multiple grade level people to go to. Yeah, definitely. It makes it a little bit easier to when you're kind of juggling, you know, people across years. I know my daughter will not be up here for two more years, but it will kind of be nice to know that when my son is in 11th grade and she's in ninth grade, that it would be the same in theory, if everyone's still here, the same counselor mm -hmm. and the same assistant principal. And I don't know, same homeroom, they might start fighting each other. But, well, <laughs> who knows that? But um, they would still have those same consistent people all the way through. And that's why it's really important to work hard on building those relationships from the very beginning, from day one, for the counselors, the teachers, the homeroom teachers, the assistant principals. It, it, we're creating a little family here. We're creating, you know, a team. And it's important for people to work together because we're going to be together for a while. So. So as we kind of start to wrap up here, you know, you've been on the job here for about a month now, I think uh -huh. kind of what have your impressions of Emmaus, the community, what, what, what have you kind of taken away from your first month as in the, in the head seat? Well, I'm anxious to meet more of the community members. I haven't met a whole lot of community members. I've met with the police and I've met with some, you know, parents, just individual, but I'm excited to get my parent advisory. This is a shameless pitch for my parent That's advisory. Okay. So, <laughs> so once a month, I'm going to um, have parent advisory meetings um, Monday evenings and everyone and every, anyone are welcome to attend. They're going to be in person in the library. Um, it's parents' opportunity to meet with me and bounce ideas and work together to make improvements and listen to suggestions. The parent advisory meetings that I had at um, my previous school resulted in some really good changes. Now, I have a lot to learn this first year, so you know I need to take in, listen, and learn a lot right now. But Previously, my parent advisory meetings were really critical in, hey, did you know that this is happening at the middle school and how can we build on that and bring it here or can we fix this or I have a suggestion, you know, for speakers or whatever it is. So I'm really excited to meet more of the community members. What I've been really impressed with here at the high school is um, the people. So, you know, the kids come and go and the kids make this place. It gives the kids, you know, the students give the school the spark and the energy parents come and go with their kids as they come in and, and graduate. But the heart and soul of the school is the staff because the staff is consistent and the, 
the philosophy of the staff and the energy of the staff and the commitment and compassion of the staff is what makes the school. And the people that I've met with so far are here for all the right reasons. They're here because they love kids. They want to help kids. They want to make it sound so hokey, but make the world a better place by helping kids, leaving the world better than they found it. I had a meeting this morning. Uh, it was an optional, essentially faculty meeting, professional development morning. And I had nearly 60 staff members show up on July 27th in the middle of summer. That's pretty impressive. That speaks to people's commitment and and how dedicated they are. So I have to say from the custodians and maintenance crew to the, the secretarial staff, to the teaching and the counseling staff, I've been really blown away by the adults that I've had the honor to work with so far. So I can't wait to get everybody back um, and learn all the names and meet all the people. Um, but I've been really impressed with the professional staff here. And if you're going to leave freshmen that are listening or parents, uh, what, and you've had, you know, you have adult kids that have been freshmen as well too. So you can mm -hmm. take this from the parent perspective, from the educator perspective, what is like one tip or strategy you would give to any group of whoever, whatever group you want to target it to one strategy to kind of begin the ninth grade year off, right. And kind of carry it through. Okay. Um, this is it's for ninth graders, but, but for everybody really, um, is we're all, everybody is here to help one another ask for help get involved. Everybody needs help eventually sometime. I need help on an hourly basis, a minute by minute. I ask for help. It's, it, it's, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to ask for help. Um, it's what we're here for. And, and why we got into this business is to help people, to help students, to help each other. And so I, for ninth graders, I would say, ask for help when you need it. Uh, things are going to change. High school is very different than middle school. So things are going to be different. Ask for help. There's nothing wrong asking for help and also get involved because there's so many wonderful people and so many wonderful things to do at Emmaus High School that um, it your, your experience and your growth will be that much richer um, and more memorable if you get involved in the right things. Choose your friends wisely, choose your activities, your clubs, your sports, uh, but get involved in something positive and ask for help when you need it. And if people wanted to find you in the building, where are you located? Actually, so you're new to the building. Can you explain? <laughs> I don't know. Can, here's you your fi the final task of the interview <laughs> is can you explain to people where you are located in the building? Mm -hmm. Now I know that we're- I'm in the main office. <laughs> now I know that there is the, there is maybe, I don't know if we're at liberty to discuss some of the changes that are going to happen with hallways and other things at this point, but like maybe it'll be a certain area or color. I or forget what color I am. So yeah, we are going to color code the hallways just to help people find their way around because the numbering system doesn't really make sense and I can't quite figure it out myself. <laughs> but um, I am in the main office. I really don't know anybody. I've been meeting people, but if anyone wants to come and visit, I'm in the main office downstairs near the tech ed rooms. Um near the big windows in the front. Where are you coming and signing it out in the morning? So so, <laughs> so Mrs. Gariello's office has not changed from where Dr. Kiris was. She's right. in the same spot in the main office. And I'm sure she'll be out and about in the school and doing lots of stuff with the community as well too. So I think there'll be lots of opportunities to see you 
um, not inside of your office. So I think people yes. will probably find you more out in the hallway than they will here. I hope so. That is one thing that I am committed to doing. And sometimes some days are harder than others, but I love to go in and out of classrooms. I love to pop in. And a lot of times I'm just kind of escaping the emails or things, but I like to goof around with students in the cafeteria, in classes. I like to see what the teachers are doing. So I hope it becomes very commonplace for teachers and students to see me in and out of their classes. Well, that's, uh, you know, as the students start up, hopefully they'll see you all around the building. And yep. if you're coming to the orientation, you'll be there yep. on the 17th. I will. And uh, thanks a lot for taking some time here to introduce yourself to our Mays community and to uh, get us geared up here for the upcoming school year. Can't wait to welcome everybody back. All right. Thank you. Thanks.